2: Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal-Battle podcast. This is episode two and we're joined by some new faces. We've got Jake Leach, who's the Arsenal-Battle editor. And we've got Andrew Jones, who is the Burnley correspondent for The Athletic. Thank you Hello. both for coming. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> so, big game this weekend at the bottom of the table uh, for Arsenal and Burnley. Um, late kick-off on Sunday evening. Neither team in great form. How Initial thoughts of how we see this one going?
1: Um, I mean, it obviously has been a terrible start from an Arsenal perspective. Um, I've seen a lot of things online about, you know, trust the process. But, you know, in, in my opinion, yeah, you can trust the process, but there's, there's no excuse for this club of this size to be sitting fifteenth in the league table, so I don't know. It just makes me think: like, how far do you go with trusting the process?
2: True. And what, what about Burnley's start to the season? Currently sitting eighteenth after ten games. Obviously, Arsenal have played one more, but not a great start for Sean Dyche's men either.
0: No, definitely not. Um, could have been better. Could have been a lot better. Um, it's it's been a combination of things, really. Um, injuries to start the season didn't help. They started the season. Basically, seven first team players out, and when I mean, you've got a squad of barely size, which is already very small because of the budgets and the financial constraints, you sort of always then playing catch up. The first three games, they didn't play well in, and and sort of since West Brom onwards, sort of after our first international break, they've showed signs of putting performances together really, and, and and sort of getting the points on the board. I mean, you look at Man City and Chelsea were two games that you know they came up against two very good sides on the day, and um, you know they always love love playing the Etihad because they always lose five nil. But um, no, in terms of the games that you you look at and go, they need to pick points up from those games. They've been doing that. Um, and you know they they look at this the Arsenal game and it's been an interesting one, I think, because they will look at it and see Arsenal and the way they've you know the forms dipped dramatically in the league and and they'll probably sense an opportunity. I think last season. They, they went there early on in the season and played quite well and, and gave a good account of themselves. And it was a really good, I think it was a Bamiang goal, wasn't it, to, to, to win the game 2-1. Um, so the sorts have of got a bit of confidence. they played well against, two of the last three they've played well uh, against Palace and Everton, created chances, which is what they weren't doing. Um, so they'll hopefully look to build on that and, and try and cause Arsenal as many problems as, as possible.
2: I also find it's really frustrating to watch because we've sort of gone backwards two steps and forward one step. We can now defend reasonably well, but we've lost all sense of danger in attack. I, like Aubameyang has scored, what, twice this season, once from open play. I think our top scorer is Lacazette on four goals or something joint with Ketier It's all a bit mismatched, and I think, but with Burnley traditionally quite a defensive team, it's going to be even, it's hard to break them down. It's going to be even harder with a lack of a creative outlet. Um, yeah, obviously, Europa League was, Better for us four two, off the back of a disappointing North London derby. But I don't know. You're right, Jake. I think fifteenth for Arsenal after eleven games is nowhere near where we should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, I'm just I just got I, I just about that a question about obviously, do you think that you guys are going to come to the Emirates and be a lot more kind of expansive because you know, we're just not at the minute. We're just not scoring goals. So I I, I just wonder if you guys will tweak a few things and just think in fact I think you know I think we can actually win here I
0: would I would be surprised if they become sort of more open um, I would imagine they'll still sort of maintain the Burnley you know the, the way of playing um, the, the, the norm basically um, because what they wouldn't want to do is then is go too far and then end up sort of on the heels and 1-0 and down and, and concede a silly goal like you look at the eti- the game against City. You know they don't they don't even get a chance to to build into the game because they're, they're already one 0 down with with Mahrez's goal. So I would I would I would imagine it'll still be a similar normal approach from from Sean Dyson's side. Um, but I think the interesting that you mentioned sort of defensively, it'll be interesting to see how Burnley try and, and go up against and see maybe test Gabriel a little bit physically, um, and because he's you know he's been brilliant to start the season. He's done really well. Um, and sort of Jay Rodriguez will drop into the pockets, try and link, uh, link the play. Dwight McNeil is, is the danger man at the end of the day. Uh, you get him the ball, sort of as much as possible, and he's the person who, who will make things happen. Um, so there'll be an elements of, and I remember last season, Burnley pressed really high, and looked to try and break things down really early and, and stop Arsenal from playing out. When Arsenal played out, they looked very dangerous because you know Burnley had overloaded at times, uh, but equally sometimes Burnley were able to nick it and then look at you know dangerous. Um, because they they, they play effective football and efficient football and try and get to the goal as quickly as possible, Um, which is what they'll try and do. They'll try and set pieces as usual will always be a big threat. Um, So I wouldn't imagine there'll be too much difference in the way Burnley play, but I think um, they will sort of take confidence from the defensive displays recently to again sort of try and nullify Arsenal's threat. Uh, I know Arsenal have have sort of been, I think it's been picked up on on crossing a lot more um, sort of recently. Um, but that's sort of James McCarthy and Ben Mee's bread and butter, uh, Nick Pope as well. So it sort of plays into the hands, but at the same time, you know that you've got undoubted quality um, from Arsenal and, and you know Aubameyang, Lacazette. You go through the list; they can all pop up with something special. I know they haven't in in sort of recent weeks, but there's always that potential that they can.
2: Yeah, I think I think it was 44 crosses against Spurs, and 37 of which didn't pass the first man or something, which is. Truly shocking. Um, is it too early for any manager, either Arteta or Deitch, to be under pressure and of losing their job? Do we think? I know a lot of Arsenal fans have been wanting Arteta out. It's still under a year, really, for him. Deitch has been there for a while and been up and down. Obviously, Europa League qualification a couple of years ago, and now sort of pondering bottom bottom three at the moment. Is he is he under any threat?
0: I don't I don't think so, not at this point anyway. Um, because he is, you know, many have, have been in adverse situations on a number of occasions. I mean, you go back sort of two seasons, twenty you mentioned Europa League when when they were in it, uh, they picked up twelve points in the first nineteen games. So they were really in it, you know, in trouble. Uh but they stuck by a dice and he turned it round. And there's been occasions where, you know, throughout his tenure where, you know, they've you know they've not picked up results and gone on bad runs and then they've turned it round and suddenly you know the 4-5 unbeaten or something like that so there's there's still no doubt when the, the players are still fully behind them you know the vast majority of the supporters um, because he, he's been there and done it before and I think when you look at Burnley you always sort of have to ask the question well if you got rid of Dice, for example and who on earth would you bring yeah. in and I just don't know I, I couldn't tell you one person who would he would even get close to you know being able to produce what Sean Dice has produced with the players he's got, sort of the budgets he's worked with, um, so I, I don't think he's he's under any pressure at the moment. Obviously, if it continues and it continues yeah. to get worse, and um, you know, then then things might change and, and they may be forced into it. But I just think um, you know the board and, and every everyone at the club is, is fully behind the manager because he's done it before and and they're backing him to to do it again. Yeah, I
1: think I agree. To be fair, like. I always think if he was to leave Burnley, like who would you get who could do a job like he has with the players and the in terms of who is bought, obviously it's it hasn't a long list, is it really? It's just an absolute fantastic job. Was it two years ago now when um, like you say the year before you finished in the Europa League, it was unreal season. I just think who else could actually, you know, match. What he has done.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's two two of our last three seasons to finish in the top ten. Uh, one of them was a seventh place, and, and sort oh, of for, And I think what 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 Dice does so well is he even though his budget isn't you know, it's it's not big, it's very small to be quite honest. You know, he works with the players that he's got, and he he develops them so well, and he he molds a team to fit into to bring the best of their abilities and it's every single player. Um, and I think that's why he gets so much, you know, sort of adulation from the players themselves because they love playing under him, they love his methods, they love sort of the culture that he's instilled throughout the entire club. Um, and, and when you've got those sort of key values to start off with, it's a very good starting point, and you can see that. And, and even, you know, with the difficulties in the summer of players leaving contract situations and And then not really buying anyone in the summer window other than Dale Stevens. Um, You know, they could could easily have gone one way, and but you know the other way if you like, and and things could have got you know turned negatively. And even though the form's not been good. Um, the signs suggest that they're sort of on that upward trajectory, and I think that's that's promising. Um, and it's, it's they've now got to sort of turn those draws into wins and, and try, and, you know, put a few back-to-back wins together. And, and the Christmas period would be really important because they're playing a, a few teams sort of in and around them, so they'll they'll need to pick up points. The
2: sides like Burnley, and obviously no offence to Burnley in that sort of phrase, fear Arsenal now. Because I've never, I've like this season. I've not gone into games against traditionally weaker sides than Arsenal particularly confident, and it's sort of shown with our results. A- apart from Fulham, that was the only sort of game I was reasonably confident in. The Burnley and sort of teams around them fear Arsenal anymore.
0: It's a good question. Um, I mean, Burnley go into every game you know, with the intention of winning, as every team do. Um, I think. You look at it and you look at the Arsenal at Turf more And I know Arsenal have got a number of results at Turf Moore. We know game's easy and there's been a few 90th minute winners and you know really? a few referee indecisions, for example, that haven't, you know, swung Burnley's way. Um so I, I don't think there's there's necessarily a fear. I think there's a respect, as you have with every team for the, the for their qualities. Um but I think it's it's for Burnley, it's a case of, you know making sure you you short it up at one end but then how do you then affect the other and i think that's that can be the issue at times but i think at this point in the way Arsenal are playing i think there's no reason to have any fears because you know as 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 i've said a couple of times you know you have got the quality players that Arsenal have got equally you know they aren't firing on all cylinders and therefore you've got the opportunities to saying you know you know rustle rustle them up a little bit and ruffle a few feathers and and, you know, try and, try and be effective when on the ball and, and be confident and, and try and, you know, play your football instead of just sort of sitting in and hoping for the best. I think that's the difference now. I think Burnley are, are confident and have got ex- experienced players who have played at these venues, played these teams a number of times now where you see it at Old Trafford last season when he went there and, and won 2-0 and it was really comfortable 2-0. Um, you know, the, that fear factor, it, it's just not there anymore because you, you get that experience and it's not all new anymore. You've come up against these players, you know what they like, you know what they're going to try and do. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say fear, I guess respect for what you know the opposition can do more than anything else.
2: So we mentioned Dwight McNeil, you mentioned Dwight McNeil earlier, as sort of the danger man. He's sort of the threat I look at for us, especially going up against, you presume, Bellerin, if you play him on the left, um, who I, Bellerin I don't think has been amazing this season. Is there anyone else Arsenal should particularly watch out for um, in terms of the players we've got, or is is Dwight McNeil sort of that standout?
0: I, I think he's definitely the standout. in same, um, I mean, I, I sort of call him that. He's he's the chief playmaker for Burnley. He is he is the person who creates the most. Um, he's he's he's, a, he's an excellent young player, um, and he's got so much room to grow uh, still. But, you know, he can say, and it was interesting, I was I was sort of in, in the press conference with Sean Dice today and he, and he was saying that it's it's almost a good thing that people are suggesting that McNeil's not necessarily having his best or in his best moment or best sort of form at the moment because that suggests that his expectations have become so much higher than when, you know, a year and a half ago he was still that young kid at, at Burnley, he's now an established Premier League player and, but he he is. The, I mean, his, his crossing ability is excellent, um, and you know his, his ability to sort of come inside and affect the play. But also, he's, he's got the outside of being able to dribble past people and, and go past people at speed, um, and then sort of dig out crosses when you just don't think there's a, a cross to be to be dug out. Um, and he, you know, he pro- provides a service mainly for the front two. I think the other one would be Jay Rodriguez. I think he's a. I I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's so intelligent. Um, dropping into sort of the pockets, Chris Wood sort of last man runs on behind and it it opens the space for Rodriguez and he's very good at linking the play it's what Burnley sort of missed uh, when it was Barnes and Wood, there wasn't sort of that player to link the, the front two in the midfield Jay Rodriguez came back in against Palace um, and did so against Everton when it was the four four two because he changed system against City. Um, but but j Roddy, he comes into the pockets, He's very good in, in possession. He's, he's calm. He, you know, he takes that extra touch if you like, just to survey everything and, and pick the right pass. And um, so he's he's a, he's a really clever footballer. Um, so I, I guess he's he's another danger man who. Because if if they don't get that link, then they suddenly become become very ineffective. Can become very ineffective quickly. So he 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 is quite important. Um and I guess Robbie Brady on the other side, he had a really good game against Everton. Um injuries have not been kind to him at all for the last sort of 18 months, and he's finding his way back. Um but he he can provide a threat. Um if if he puts in another performance like he did against Everton, then you know he's another one to sort of look out for.
2: And Jake, from an Arsenal perspective, who who should we sort of like warn Burnley fans about? Sort of either on current form or oh,
1: historical. Man. I mean, probably it's fair to say that, I mean, for me this season, I've liked Mohamed O'Nani. I think he's been one of the star performers. Obviously, I know he was out a few weeks ago because obviously he had um, the virus, all that whatnot. And obviously, you look at players like Gabriel, who has won every single player of the month this season. Uh, I think Kieran Tierney's played well, but obviously the it, when I'm saying this, it's quite a similar pattern. It's all players who play when 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 the side going backwards when we're. Um, but from an attacking point of view, I mean, like you say, Lacazette's been probably average at best. aubameyang has been poor, and I just think is now the time to maybe throw some, I wouldn't call them youngsters no more, but is this the time to maybe see now in Ketia, maybe uh, Reese Nelson, Smithrow, maybe even a Balogun? I think this would be the time to do it, but then on the flip side, you've got to think, well, these players like Lacazette and, you know, um, they will surely come in, they will surely at some point you know, re their form, but it's just a case of when. But yeah, I think right now, I think you guys probably should be fearful of Mohamed Neni Like, that is probably all I can say so far.
2: Um, it's, I was going to pick up on Elneny in the midfield. Partey's out, obviously, again, we brought it back in the derby. He didn't even last 45 minutes. Rushed it back from injury. He's out. The midfield's going to be interesting. I wasn't convinced at all by Xhaka the other weekend. Um, and then sort of, uh, will be the one to come in who plays alongside him. And how does that match up with, with Burnley?
0: It, I mean, you've got, so, so it'll be a midfield too with Ashley Westwood and, and Josh Brownhill, um, who, speaking to Sean Dice today, he's very pleased with sort of how Brownhill's developed um, since he came in last January. Um, obviously, he didn't have a, a smooth start to his career at Burnley because of lockdown, et etc. cetera. Et cetera. He, he had actually, he, I think he played a minute. Um, before, you know, lockdown happened. Um, but since then, he's sort of, he, you know, he's really found himself and he's really adapted and he looks, he looks a Premier League player now, I guess. Um, and, and Ashley Westwood has, has certainly, you know, helped him in that because he's a really, really good player. You know, for the last two, two, two and a half and a half seasons now, I guess, um, you know, he's been one of the standout performers for Burnley consistently sort of at seven out of ten. You know, he very rarely has a poor game, um, you know, both of them are very energetic. Um, they, you know, they, they look to press when when Burnley have the opportunity to press. Equally, you know, they're very quick transition and back to you know the, the shape and the structure that John Dice likes. They're both aggressive, um, sort of in the tackle. Um, they look to try and force turnovers. They look to get on second balls, which is you know a key a key part of Burnley's game. So that you know they won't make it easy for Arsenal. You're not going to find much time on the ball. I don't think um, unless Burnley are. You know, I've I've sort of tried to press, and it's not quite worth And Arsenal played out, and then they'll come and sit, and sort of, uh, or you know, it's a sustained period of pressure where barely happens to you know sit in. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be it be difficult. I mean, it's it's never they won't give you the seconds piece yeah. essentially, and and then when they get on the ball, Westwood loves to play forward. It's um, one of the things Sean Dyche's you know, sort of drilled into him basically. It was one of the things he picked out when he first first arrived that he was too sort of safe in possession. And now, you know, pretty much everything he does is is forwards. He's looking to play Wood in behind. He's looking to play into Rodriguez in the pocket. He's looking to fight, you know, spread the place uh, wide to full backs or, or the wide men. Um and then Brian will sort of does all the other little stuff. Um he sort of he's the more aggressive so he'll look to try and go beyond and join join in. Um, in, in sort of into the box, and he's happy to carry the ball as well. Um, so that you know, it's it, but it, it's one of those situations where it depends how much they actually manage to get on the ball. Um, because sometimes in, the, in these situations, Burnley can sort of go long pass too often, and then they sort of get taken off the game a little bit. Um, so that's a challenge for from a Burnley perspective to try and get them on the ball. Um, but equally. You know they they will have huge uh, responsibility defensively. Schalke has loads of central midfielders, um, but you know they'll try and make it as uncomfortable as possible, and not allow the likes of Shachar if he plays, or you know El to try and you know link the play and, and knit it and get Arsenal moving forwards.
2: So from an Arsenal perspective, I'm sort of guessing we'll stick to that four three three or four two three one kind of mould with those two deeper ones. Almost, in a sense, sort of try and match like what you were saying with those Burnley two. What what formation are you expecting
0: from Burnley? I think it would be 4-4-2. Um, I would be very... Unless unless they pick up a, an injury late on, because um, they haven't got two wide men. Um, yeah. Like at, at City, the Josh Brownhill was got injured sort of in the day or two before the game. So Josh Benson stepped in. And... Um, but then they didn't have uh, Robbie Brady was injured and Yoanby Goodmanson his fitness they're just monitoring his fitness because they don't want to bring him back too early and it's another reoccurrence of an injury. So they had to switch to sort of a four, it uh, was sort of a four three three uh, with sort of Brady, not Brady Barnes and Rodriguez either side of Wood. Uh, that very quickly changed because they didn't really get as I mentioned before they didn't get a chance to implement it because. City took the lead so early. So it ended up being sort of a four-four-two with Rodriguez as, yeah. as the right midfielder. Um so I'd be very surprised if was anything different. Um, you know, he likes having the two strikers up top, he likes having, you know, them being able to support each other. Um, and then it also gives them that that base, that structure to work from um defensively, and then try and spring from it. Um, so I think it'll be four four two. Um I would imagine. Um, it'd probably be the same team I mind, that, that started against Everton because um, it did, did play well, um, and you know it'll just be a case of of trying to, you know, manage the game and and then picking their moments for when they can try and get forward and, and cause Arsenal problems.
2: Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, predictions. I want to sort of just see where we're going to think of it. No pressure. Obviously, <laughs> we're not going to sort of like think anything less of you if we get it massively wrong. I never do. I, I uh, Last time I did this was before the Spurs game, uh, before the Wolves game. And I wasn't confident at all, and it obviously showed. I predicted us to lose to Spurs and we did. I don't know where to go with this. Because I, I, I think we can defend better, but I don't trust us in attack anymore. So usually against Burnley, I'd probably go quite heavy, 3-1 type thing. I'm not sure anymore. Um, I think score draw. I know it's at the Emirates. I know we're favourites. We have fans. It should motivate us. But oh, I just can't see it going our way. Um, so I think probably a 1-1, maybe we'll nick it 2-1. But um, Jake, what do you think? Sort of, You've you've seen Arsenal more than me this season.
1: Um, well, yes, yeah, so a, a bit like you. When I went to the Emirates to watch the game via Aston Villa, um, I was completely with what I saw I was completely shocked like I know that obviously Aston Villa are a good side as I showed this season but that that there kind of changed my opinion about this season slightly so when I mean that I mean every time when I go into a game I'm thinking in the back of my mind like teams couldn't do that and rip you apart so I'd say I'm I think I agree with you a score draw I think that probably Burnley could probably take the lead and then I think it'll probably finish 1-1 or 2-2. I just, I can't see a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say that is simply for the fact because surely, uh, uh, obviously, you guys are going to come here, you know, w- watching other teams like Aston Villa, who are, you know, a smaller team as such, with lesser players, but completely wipe the floor. Um, and again, obviously, when you go forward, it's just not happened this season. I think it's gonna be in the air a lot. I think we're gonna see a proper old school game where it's in the air we're obviously against Spurs, you know, we love the crosses, and a side like Burton obviously love that too. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go out there and say one-one.
2: Yeah, I sort of seem to agree. What about you? Burnley, of Andrew, are you sort of confident?
0: Um, to be fun, to be honest, I was gonna go one-one as well. Um <laughs> It's it's one of those. It's it as I sort of said to you before we started. Um, it could easily be one of those games where Arsenal just click. and yeah. It's three 0 or two 0 and you know it's a comfortable one, and you sort of, you know, from a Burnley perspective, you, go, you know we could have, we should have probably yeah. caused them more problems or, you know, done better. Um, but equally, I just I, sort of looking at Arsenal, and I just feel that Burnley should be able to deal with them. Um, defensively, I think, for you know, in terms of you know, limiting them to to chances, limiting them to to really good opportunities, and and trying to nullify the the attacking threats, the last have got. So, and sort of at the same time, I just have a feeling that you know, Burnley have looked better going forwards, and therefore I think, especially from set pieces, you know, they've got so many threats they can throw in there. Um, as you say, can he sort of replicate what other teams have managed to do? I mean, the issue benny have got really is the lack of pace. Uh, just sort of Villa and, and Wolves have both got a lot of pace to to go the other way and, and counter quickly, whereas Benny don't yeah. really have that. Um, but you know, I, I, I sort of I, I said to you that I sort of felt quite optimistic about the game. So I think I think I will go one-one, um, but I think yeah. it could easily be a completely different scoreline to that. <laughs> I think
2: if 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 Abraham finds his form and something happens and whoever is, whether it's Willock or Sabahs and manage to get that final pass across. And then I think we're in. Um, but again, it's just, it's ultimately, if we can get Yang involved in the game, he had barely anything against Spurs. And I think that's what ultimately cost us. Thank you. Finally, one more thing. What is your standout Arsenal versus Burnley fixture? What, what's the one game that sort of stands out when we say Arsenal versus Burnley?
1: Wow. So, me personally, you know, might not expect us answer, but I loved that game. Um, I think it was 15-16 when, I think you touched on it a minute, um, Andy, about the last-minute winners. It was when, was it, Lauren Kushoni scored a last-minute, to a last-minute. and I'm not sure why that really is in my head, but every time I think of Arsenal Burnett, I just think of that. You know, cross into the box. It's just a classic. It's just a classic event at somewhere like Turf Moor. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it was that that was the offside and ball one, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <absolutely>. that's why.
0: <laughs> I think. What well, for me? I mean, it's from a betting perspective, it's quite limited because they don't do very well against Arsenal. Um, for me, covering the club, I've I I've, I've started covering them last season. Um, but I think the nil nil at Turf Moor, I really enjoyed. Uh, it was a really good game with fuzzy generally. Um. Uh, but also Burnley played really well in it. Should have nicked it with J Rodriguez's uh, two-yard miss off the bar. Still don't know how he did, how he, he didn't yeah. score that. Um, and then just sort of the the sort of the, the stuff at the end with with Gwendausi and uh, the fans sort of taking the taking the mic out of him. I quite sort of quite enjoyed that because um, Burnley fans they don't particularly like Arsenal. and they like winding them up. Yeah. Um, so they, they, that was, that they was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that that one sticks out for me. But I, I mean. There's not many that would stick off for Burnley because they've been on the, the wrong side of a, a lot of refereeing decisions in games and also when they've gone the Emirates, they've just not been good enough um, on, on occasions and on others they've, they've been unlucky a little bit. Um, but yes, I think last season's 0-0. Even though Burnley didn't win it, um, they probably should have and it was just a really good sort of end-to-end backwards and forwards game. You didn't really know. Momentum sort of switched a couple of times and yeah, that one for me.
2: I might be wrong. I think was it a few like, three years ago now? It might be been twenty seventeen with the late penalties. Sanchez dinked it. Yeah, I think that on. was
0: twenty sixteen, seventeen. I'm inclined. I think it was Burnley's first season back because it was Andre Grey who scored the penalty um for Burnley and obviously he left I think that summer. It must have been that one, but yeah, that was. I think they were both ninety minutes, ninetieth minute, were
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. It's sort of like, well, penalty one end to level it, yeah. I think, and then Sanchez went the right other end and won it. Um, I don't know. We I, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Arsenal perspective. I hope we win. I hope it's comfortable. I hope we score three or four, and then it's not problem solved, and we're nowhere near to fixing it. But it gives that, us that momentum going into Christmas. Likewise, I'm sure Burnley could do with a another win yeah. to lift them out.
0: I mean, if, if you would offered Burnley a point now, they'd happily take it. Yeah. But you just never know, do you? If, if there's a chance to win, you know, why not? <laughs> Let's uh, dream. Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: we, yeah, we don't know. But um, Arsenal Burnley Sunday evening, make sure to watch it. It'll be definitely a good one. Thank you both for joining us. It was a good one. Definitely a fun one. Um, good luck to Burnley. Can I say that? Or is that <laughs> <all>? <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and come back next time where we'll be previewing Arsenal's next game.
0: Cheers. Bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.